look, it's going to be a minute or two till we can get around to discussing actual baseball. So I'm going to try something a little bit different this week and have a running theme. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. This is myth-busting week on Daily Shot of Pirates. This is not going to make a lot of people happy because there are things that get stated plainly and sounding factually about this franchise that just aren't true. And I can tell you in advance that some of the things that I'm going to say are going to come across as if I'm defending them or, you know, defending Bob Nutting or defending a certain practice or whatever by pointing out a fact about it. And I'm here to tell you right now, preemptively, that that's not necessarily the case. It's also not necessarily not the case at the risk of throwing a triple negative your way way too early on a Monday morning. Let's start with, you know, nutting, who, by the way, only has one name. Have you noticed that? You very rarely hear people now even describe him or cite him as Bob Nutting. He's just nutting, nutting. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff about nutting that's fair game for criticism. Heaven knows he's opened himself up to a ton of it. And most of it is legitimate. Most of it is something for which he should absolutely be taking it on the chin repeatedly every single day out of the 365 in the year. However, there are also, unsurprisingly, when someone becomes this unpopular, some things that just aren't true. And the number one untruth that's spoken so often about nutting that it's just now perceived as being true is that he is a billionaire. He is anything but. And I'm telling you this knowing that even even he would rather that you think that he is a billionaire because he has inherited a significant amount of wealth from the Ogden newspaper chain, Ogden Nutting, of course, being his father. And he owns a Major League Baseball team, and he's owned some other ventures that were nowhere near that scope, but, you know, still more than most of us own. But he is no billionaire. I'm going to tell you the source or how that fallacy originated and how it went public, and then from there how it took off but also how it's just wrong. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. 
It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Okay, so how did this thing start that Nutting is a billionaire? Let's go there first. It was an article in the New York Times, which of course is a reputable publication. And it really didn't have anything to do with the pirates or Nutting. Uh, or really all that much to do with finances. But something parenthetically came up in like the 20th or 25th paragraph of this long piece that listed owners being billionaires in sports. And later in the same paragraph, unrela- same paragraph, unrelated whatsoever to that sentence, Nutting's name was in there. Nutting's name was in there in some completely different context, but because he showed up in the same paragraph and somebody somewhere read it on a radio talk show, there it went. There it went. It just, but then that's how stuff goes now, isn't it? I mean, somebody says something and whoever wants to believe that it's true just believes that it's true. And then that's the end of the discussion. There's nothing else to say. I get this response or something like it on a regular basis from listeners and readers where they'll just say, yeah, but everybody says it. So, okay, so it must be true. Well, no, it actually isn't true. And here's how I know that it isn't true. I've been told that it isn't true. And I've been told that it's not something that he's wild about having out there. He actually kind of likes the idea that people think he's a think he's a billionaire. He's not. Um, What I have heard about nutting, what I have heard from people who are minority owners in the franchise is that one of the greatest shortcomings of the franchise is that nutting himself is undercapitalized. Now, again, nobody wants to hear this. What are you talking about here? Why are you letting them off the hook? Why are you saying these things? Because they're true. He's undercapitalized, and as such, he's had to be over-the-top careful with, at least in his mind, with everything it is that he does. So when I also tell you, this, by the way, is another MythBuster concept, that the three most profitable seasons under his tenure, and he took control of the franchise in 2007, the three most profitable seasons, the three seasons in which he made the most money, or the Pirates made the most money, were the three seasons that they had their highest payroll, all of which resulted in playoff appearances. I know, right? But this is what happens when you're A, cheap, and B, legitimately undercapitalized, is you operate fearfully. And that's what he does. That's his actual problem. It's not that he's running off up the hill with a wheelbarrow full of money and everything else. He doesn't take money out of the baseball operation. And again, I have hard evidence of this. This is from people who are minority owners who don't particularly like him and would have loved to have found something on him to this point. And they haven't because it isn't there. He's cheap and he's excessively careful. That's the truth. If you want to label him a terrible owner because of that, you're free to do that. 
If you want to think that he's a billionaire and that he's taking out tens of millions of dollars, whatever, it's actually not true. Neither one of them is true. Woo! Boy, that'll be well received. When we come back, J1Q. comes from Brian Gluck, who asks, DK, this past weekend, the Gold Glove finalists were announced. Brian Hayes, the only member of the Pirates listed, he had the best defensive war in baseball, but can he win the award while playing for the Pirates? Sure he can, Brian. I mean, you've seen, uh, if nothing else, over the last few years that uh, the Pirates don't get ignored with this particular award. Jacob Stallings won it most recently, of course, behind the plate. If you're referring to, and I presume you are, Adam Frazier uh, not winning it, <sighs> Frazier's a tough case, okay? And and, and I, I say this, and I'm, I'm aware of how uh, passionate some of his teammates, specifically Brian Reynolds, can get on this very specific subject. Uh, they really went to bat for Frazier and the the defensive performances that he had in his last couple of years in Pittsburgh at second base, I feel like they did that in large part because they watched him make the transition from utility guy who didn't really have a home, and he was mostly an outfielder, and he was a little bit clumsy in the infield, and then he just worked his rear end off to become an everyday second baseman. Never mind that his bat would have put him out there somewhere, Regardless, he wanted to excel. That's to Adam's credit. And Adam had some defensive metrics that were better than anyone else's, but he still didn't get the vote he did get to become a finalist. So, yeah, there is some of that. Uh, Gold gloves are determined, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, by managers. And managers, in general, don't just grab the ballot and and half-ass it. I mean, they, they'll they'll ask people, they'll they'll talk to their coaches, uh, they'll talk to their stats people in-house. I know Derek Shelton has done that. You try to make sure that there's not something or somebody that you're missing, especially if it's a player on a team, for example, that you might have already gotten out of the way, meaning on the schedule earlier on. And you won't see someone like, say, Michael Harris, too, who was left off the list entirely, which is crazy. Uh, the outstanding Atlanta rookie. So in, in Key's case, there's going to be some reputation that he's got to overcome. And we're obviously talking about Nolan Arenado here. Arenado doesn't match up with Key when it comes to the advanced metrics. But then Key doesn't have Arenado's reputation. And Arenado has earned that reputation. And one of the things that's true across professional sports when it comes to individual awards that are voted on is whether that's managers or general managers or writers like me who are picking these things, you're going to have name bias. It's human nature. The reason it's human nature is because there are humans doing it. It's not going to be perfect. But eventually... A player's time comes. I really honestly don't believe, Brian, that it is a 
Pirates thing. I don't believe that Jacob Stallings wins a gold glove if there's any kind of Pirates thing in this mix. I really don't. Jake's playing a position that isn't necessarily the easiest to measure, certainly not uh, with the modern archetype where everyone's talking about pitch framing, stuff that Jake's actually great at. Uh, when you're talking about fielding uh, off-speed pitches, uh, preventing runners from advancing just by uh, allowing your pitcher to throw uh, some junk pitch or a waste pitch with a man on third, that's stuff that managers notice and appreciate regardless, regardless of what team you're on. I appreciate the question. I appreciate Everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates, and yes, to answer the question that you really, I think, wanted to ask, Key Bryan should win the gold glove, but I'm not sure that he will. Let's do this again tomorrow. Mm-hmm.